They said it couldn't be done. They said it shouldn't be done. They said you could never make another Toy Story movie. But then they said that Americans were smart enough not to elect Donald Trump. So what the fuck do they know? The world is terrible. Toy Story 4 is here. Fuck everyone. Let's do an episode. (laughs) Happy July 4th. Oh boy, John, we are we are very politically charged immediately. I mean, if one movie brings out the political <laughs> animal in you, it should be Toy Story. 4. I'm sorry, two things happened. One, I was reading the news on my train over here, and two, I didn't realize I was doing the introduction to this episode <laughs> until 30 seconds ago. Those things combined into me uh, 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 talking about the president and then saying fuck everyone. Did something freshly terrible happen? I have not checked the news since oh, this morning. I was just reading um, the amazing plans for our 4th of July celebration. Oh, with the tanks? A.K.A. <laughs> Donnie's big birthday party! Yeah, the idea of having tanks on a 4th of July... Yeah, it's uh, cool. Celebration, it's horrifying. No, it's fun. It's fun. You know, it, it, this cel- this apolitical celebration uh, of our of our nation should absolutely have a VIP section cordoned off by our greatest monuments, where the public can't get to, but big ticket uh, Republican donors can. Where will Ivanka Trump be? That's where I want to go. She um, seems to go to all the hot parties. Yeah, if we if we can judge by recent videos, uh, I would say Ivanka Trump will be where she always is in a conversation where no one wants her. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Ivanka. I hope you fucking die painfully. All right. Once and- again, this is for our friendly <laughs> listeners, the NSA. <laughs> Hi, so this is a podcast about movies, believe it or not. <laughs> How many of these episodes have I wished ill will on the first family? Uh, it's definitely the second one in a row. Oh, okay, good. Uh, well, that made sense. That was Batman. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, we can vouch for you not wishing them ill implicitly. All right. I am going to make two promises. One, I'm going to stop reading the news right before we record this, uh, record this episode. And two... This it, specific episode? Next time we record this episode, I will not... <laughs> I <laughs> promise all our listeners, I will never talk about Trump again in another Toy Story 4 episode of the show. Good. That's a solid <laughs> box office time machine. I promise. I Okay. Stop right now. Hey, John, can I talk about what this podcast is actually about? So, okay. So on this podcast, Box Office Time Machine, a movie about uh, a podcast about movies and a movie (laughs) about podcasts uh, where uh, we don't like the president uh, (laughs) is uh, is a uh, is a podcast where we watch the number one movie in the box office Mm -hmm. this week, but on 
every other week we would watch the number one movie in the box office X decades ago on the exact same week to see, you know, what was America thinking back then? Yeah. You know? What was America thinking um, uh, when they had child concentration camps at their border? Oh, boy. <laughs> the promise is immediately broken. <laughs> I just want when my grandkids ask me, Grandpa, what did you do to stop the American concentration camps that happened in your lifetime? I'll be able to say, um, I recorded a pretty spicy intro for a podcast. Ooh, and your kids. I did my part. (laughs) But because podcasts would be the highest form of art when you have kids, they would actually applaud you for it. Yes, 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 yes. Much like, I'm sure, like the children of people who did ballet Mm -hmm. during the Holocaust probably revere them <laughs> yeah yeah i we just we watched a movie about that last year it was called suspiria that's true <laughs> um, anyway this week america all went out to see toy story 4 the continuing story of toys mm-hmm. and unfortunately despite the fact that i really really wanted it this was not the fu- the toy story where the humans finally caught those dastardly toys sneaking around their house i wanted them to catch them this time and i wanted to start a new trilogy akin to the planet of the apes movies where the humans and toys have to live together <laughs> I mean, they do live together. Yeah, but no, in a new society where the toys throw off their shackles of servitude. Oh, wow. Okay, well, you should pitch that to someone who's not John Lasseter. (laughs) (laughs) Because he has so much sway right now? Well, isn't he now the head of, like production at uh tom cruise's film studio and a bunch of people yeah so he got hired by uh i guess united artists which is in uh his producing partner whose name i'm blanking on paula something are anyway i think they bought yeah paula dean and tom cruise have uh have purchased united artists (laughs) of the charlie chaplin fame and but yeah so they hired john lasseter and people were like uh, well, like, uh, this is, people were saying it's problematic, employees, and they were told, well, you can ask to not work with him, <laughs> which is the dumbest thing of like, yeah, you can ask to not have this opportunity to work with the head of production at the production company. I think he's like the head of animation in that studio. Yeah. Well, it was like a very tone deaf response. I don't know what ended up happening happening with it i think he's still there i don't think he was let go i don't remember but if you're wondering why it would be problematic to hire everyone's favorite hawaiian shirt aficionado john lassiter to run your animation studio not mine mine is rango (laughs) (laughs) it's the same reason why uh toy story 4 has many credited writers because at least two of them quit the (laughs) quit the project because they didn't want to work with john lassiter Yes, so... That would be Rashida Jones and, I'm uh, sorry, Rich- Her writing partner, his yeah. name is Will something. Did they sorry. write um, the movie uh, with... Just Celeste and Jesse Forever. Yeah, I never saw that. Was it good? I've never seen it either, but it's on my list. All right, well, they have story credits on this. Um, uh, yeah, they. this movie has... I remember... Well, okay. Should we go go through our since we only watch franchise movies Apparently. on this <laughs> podcast? Should we do our typical thing of going through our history with the fran- with the franchise? Yes, please. Um, I saw the first Toy Story when it came out. I wow. Loved it. 
Yeah, isn't that exciting? Saw in the theaters. It was very big. It was great. Mm. I saw Toy Story 2 when it came out in the theaters. Loved it. I saw Toy Story 3 when it came out in theaters. <laughs> loved it. Uh, and then they announced this one. And I went, which I believe I thought every time they announced a movie since the second one. Uh, why? <laughs> why? It's not going to be as good. Right. That's, I mean, that's basically my history with it, too. I did not see the first one in theaters. I remember I had a VHS tape I wore out mm-hmm. of that movie. Saw Toy Story you 2. You had to see it in the- you, you didn't really see it then? I didn't really see no. it. I, I mean, okay, so I did not see the first one in theaters, and I'm you a terrible person. You gotta see person. the plasticky <laughs> human skin, the terrifying human characters of 1995 computer animation on the big screen. Well, I mean, I think, like, I watched it um, a few years ago babysitting, like, a friend of a friend of my mom's kid, mm-hmm. and that was the first time he a watched friend the- of your mom's kid? Yeah, so my mom has So your a mom's friend. kid would be you. So you're babysitting your friend. Okay, yes. <laughs> oh, grammar is fun. <laughs> uh, and so uh, he was like probably five, mm-hmm. and he has not seen any of those movies, and I popped what in. What an idiot. Oh, he's a, such a dummy. Uh, and I uh, popped in the first Toy Story, and he loved it, mm-hmm. and... I mean, I think it's the weakest of the trilogy. Like, Interesting. The first one? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, in terms of animation, it didn't, like, obviously doesn't look as polished as the others, but it yeah. still looks pretty good, Yeah, I would say. It looks fine. I mean, well, that's the thing about Pixar is that um, they knew what they were capable of doing. Right. Um, they're like, computer animation is at a point where it can't really make any nuance or texture, so... Okay, what about a story where every character is plastic? Yeah. <laughs> is shiny plastic. It's like, that's just smart. That's knowing the limitations of what you're working with yeah. and playing to them. And yeah, and I mean, that sort of like adds credence to sort of like the art is like in finding what you can do within like the boundaries mm-hmm. of, that you are being set. But yeah, so then like the second one, Toy Story 2, is is probably my favorite Pixar movie ever. Ooh. Like that and Wally probably are my two my favorite. favorite. Um, and Toy Story 3, I loved also very, very much. It's also up there. It's probably in my top five. Definitely in my top five. I cried for like the last like 30 minutes of Toy Story 3, I think, nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> I rewatched the ending um, right before I come here, right before uh, reading the news and getting depressed. Um, oh, uh, so you were previously I was depressed. Previously you depressed. were primed. <clears throat> I was previously depressed by that sad ending where that evil witch Bonnie steals the toys <laughs> away from our hero Andy. I still, th- I, I still like sometimes like my like you know how you have like I don't know actually I don't know if you do that but like mm. in my mind I have like probably like a still or like a little scene associated with each movie in my Uh head and like for Toy Story 3 it's like the scene like in the incinerator Uh where they all look at each other and And decide to die and I I just remember in the theater just crying like not even like tearing up just like bawling (laughs) I mean it's still a great scene and it's still hilarious that like on a parody level that when you were talking about how much Toy Story like Pixar movies were going for like emotional heartbreak to an almost 
parodic level the idea that Toy Story 3 features a scene where the toys accept their mortality and impending <laughs> death. It's so funny. But um but all right, yes. let's let's get into so this. So we are clearly fans. We are big fans. Let's get in the new one. I want to I want to go through the plot uh, fairly quickly because I I think uh, uh, the most interesting things to talk about are the overarching uh, ideas of the 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 series the themes um so the motifs like I said uh, the metaphors <laughs> the end of the last movie that monster Bonnie stole our toys away yeah cancel Bonnie cancel where Bonnie. are you SFWs <laughs> uh, no uh, last time at or F- SJWs what is SFWs social fitness warriors. Ooh. Uh, I guess that would be uh, Michelle Obama. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, uh, anyway, so um, Bonnie in great shape, thanks to Michelle Obama. Uh, she's a little <laughs> thanks girl. Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> uh, she's a little girl. Um, the last movie, uh, our main toys have been given to Bonnie, and they've now been living with her for a few months. I don't know how long. I didn't watch the ABC TV specials. Fuck that shit. Um, but as we less st- than nine years though, because we start with a flashback. Yes, nine years ago. Um, we start with the oh yeah, we start with a flashback. We see um, some home video. Um, we get a nice return from our, our previous characters, and I want to say voice actors, but no, I'm going to save it till the end of this because we are going through the voice actors that are in this movie and the caliber of performer that they got to deliver. Max one line is insane. <laughs> so I don't want to do voice actors yet. Okay. Um, so we see a bunch of home movies. We see uh, Woody's history with Andy. We get a little flashback to Andy uh, Andy handing off the toys to Bonnie. Where I also teared up a little bit. Already. So Already. Like 45 seconds in. I just, because it brought back all the memories mm-hmm. from Toy Story mm-hmm. 3. All right. So they're back. And now we see what life is like a little bit in the future. And Woody, our old pal, our old sheriff friend, is kind of getting overlooked. And see, uh, it turns out that uh, Bonnie doesn't have exactly the same taste in toys that Andy did. Oh, say it ain't so. And Woody's time as the favorite toy, the head of the uh, toy group, is now over. Um, her favorite toys uh, um, include... Uh, well, there's Jesse. She likes Jesse. Jesse. She likes Jesse more. And she likes the toy... Voice. There's by Dolly. Bonnie. Yeah, Dolly uh, is uh, the. I didn't watch the TV special. I think she was in the third one. She but she's was like in the, the third head one. of Bonnie's yeah. toys. She's yeah. the Woody of Bonnie's world. And we can also say that Bonnie is a fucking liar because she promised Andy that she's gonna like play with all the toys. That toddler piece of shit. Yeah. This fucking witch body. (laughs) Um, This is a fun bit. Anyway, um, so so Woody is being passed over, but he's trying to hide how he feels about it. And instead, he's getting very overprotective of Bonnie to try to maintain his um, uh, existence in his life. So even though he doesn't get brought out to play and he's kept in the closet... Um, uh, it's a gay metaphor. This movie's about Woody being gay. Oh, uh, oh, now it all yeah, makes yeah. sense. The Pixar movies all have their little plots. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but no, uh, 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 no, there isn't a lot of homoeroticism in this movie. It's not the movie we're doing in next week's episode. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> um, uh, but no, uh, Woody is uh, kept in the closet, not played with a bunch of old toys, but he's trying to hide how he feels. However, he is in denial. 
He does want to be played with, which is why when Bonnie is going to her first day of kindergarten, her kindergarten orientation, and he sees that she's sad and that dad is not letting her bring a toy, he slips into her backpack and goes with her. Like the true sheriff that he is. And yep. Like all those great westerns where the sheriff sneaks into a backpack. Oh, man. I love that and scene has in Shane. Yep. Well, Shane does have a weird attachment to a child, so that actually is appropriate. That's true. I guess I don't really know my westerns well enough to make a fun joke. Uh, yeah, Shane's the one where the little kid loves him. Shane, Shane, come back. But he may be dead. It's your interpretation of the ending. Oh, yeah. He runs into the sunset. Over. Yep. It's fun. It's an okay movie. I saw it in school. Fun day. Gosh. I liked it. Anyway, um, no, no Wild West talk here. We'll save that for next week's episode. Oh okay. Another spoiler. Let's see how many of those we can lace into this one. <laughs> uh, no lace corsets on Selma Hayek. We'll save that for next episode. Let's see how many, we, how many references we can love lace into this episode. <laughs> see if we can figure out what movie we're doing next week. Anyway, um, so uh, Woody goes to kindergarten um, and he helps her out. He helps Bonnie get some uh the other kids are real jerks um and while the kindergarten teacher is is nice to her bonnie is still feeling very shy and upset and so woody helps her get some arts and crafts with which bonnie the witch that she is creates sentient life um, <laughs> no uh bonnie creates a toy so to speak out of popsicle sticks she creates a little uh, no, out of uh, popsicle sticks a spork and some googly eyes and some clay she makes Forky. Forky. Oh, and uh, pipe cleaners. Oh, yeah. Can't forget pipe cleaners. That's Very true. important. And most importantly, she writes her name on his footsies. Which we, which I didn't realize. Um, I guess this movie uh, makes clear that is what brings them to life. Yeah, it seems... Uh, it seems like that, but then again, I don't know, like, do all the previous... No, the army men definitely didn't have. Yeah. Although maybe he signed, uh, Andy signed the cup. I think it's more she bestowed her love upon him right. and her imagination. We, here's the thing. I have <laughs> read a few reviews and listened to a few podcast reviews where they take the whole toys coming to life thing very literally in a way that is a little disturbing in right. a movie that is so clearly metaphor. <laughs> um, to uh, there is a movie podcast that I won't, won't name that I that I love uh, took the plot of this movie so insanely literally. Um, it's film spotting. Film spotting's great. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. But uh, anyway. We started a podcast war right now. That they will never know about because we have three listeners. Anyway. <laughs> no, we have a listener. <laughs> we have two more. The two hosts of film spotting. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, she brings Forky to life. Woody comes home with Forky. All the other toys are angry at Woody for sneaking away to kindergarten, which he shouldn't have. But Woody introduced them to Forky, the toy that the trash that has come to life. However, interestingly, because Forky was not meant to be a toy, Forky still wants to be trash. So Forky has a suicidal desire to throw himself into the trash, like so many toys in an incinerator. Yeah, that is such a grave runner of just (laughs) like him seeing any receptacle that could be interpreted as a trash can Mm -hmm. and just kind of like zombie like <laughs> trash <laughs> trash just walking towards it uh it 
So great. Forky, Forky is, is awesome. Truly the character of 2019. Yeah. I mean, there have been, I think, a few think pieces by now of like oh, really? basically saying that. For- Forky is humanity. That's the metaphor <laughs> for this movie. We are throwing ourselves in the trash. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, Woody is now desperate to help because uh, Bonnie loves Forky. Forky is her new favorite toy. And Woody is desperate as a former favorite toy to cling to relevance by helping Forky uh, uh live his life, despite Forky desperately not wanting to be a toy, being terrified of Bonnie, (laughs) and wanting to throw himself in the trash. (laughs) And at this point, Mom and Dad announce we're going on a road trip. Are you sure it's not a metaphor for being in the closet? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) The thing of, like, trying to convince you that you're a toy. (laughs) You know, like... What? You know how, like... You know, and they're like, no, you're a boy. You're supposed to play with, like, male toys and stuff. So that would be, like, trying to convince Forky that he's, like, a toy. Do you think this is some kind of, like, trans metaphor? I don't know. Let's, at the end of this, let's try it's to read as, as many metaphors into this movie as we can. I even though there is one reading. clear one. It could be a reading. Oh, there are pl- you can make readings of any movie. It's very fun. Yeah. Um, so why uh, are you preventing me from having that? Yeah, fun? no, I love it. I want to do it. <laughs> uh, to name drop another film critic, if, if uh, uh, our listeners haven't seen it, um, uh, Lindsay Ellis's uh, series of videos examining different uh, readings of movies and different theories, uh, ways to read movies using Transformers, the Transformers films, <laughs> and doing a um, feminist reading, a, uh, um, uh, a queer reading, a race reading. It's you, you watch them all. They're great. They're very fun. Anyway, so they go on a road trip. Uh, I hope they recommend us back with oh, all yeah. the free publicity. Lindsay we're Ellis will be right on it. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Forky throws himself out of the window of the RV repeatedly, and one time while they are driving, and Woody, desperate again, desperate to remain relevant, throws himself out of the RV, <gasps> telling the other uh, the other toys to make sure they don't leave, uh, asking Ham. Uh, to use the um, GPS to say where they're going, where the next stop is. And so he knows how to get back. So he jumps out and he lands on the road and he fortunately finds Forky and they start a long walk back to the uh, RV park where the family is going. Mm-hmm. And at this point, um, Woody describes the entire plot uh, of the trilogy um, to Forky in montage. Don't worry, we don't have to listen to it all. Yeah, but I mean, it also is good if, like, you're a new kid and Toy Story 4 is the first Toy Story you see. You can, you can, you know. Hey, kids, kids, if you're starting with Toy Story 4, look, you're old enough for me to tell you you're a fucking idiot. Don't do that. It's called 4. Can you fucking count? No, they can't, John. Are you a moron like Bonnie, that witch? Cancel Bonnie. Cancel Bonnie. <laughs> anyway, so, um, uh, and in his conversation, he finally persuades Forky that being a toy is wonderful by uh, letting Forky see that being a, that as a toy, he is like Bonnie's trash. But also by uh, letting him in to his insecurities. Mm. Talking about how he used to be Andy's favorite toy, and now sure. he's no longer. So, so Forky get sort of some insight into Woody that would come into play later on. Wow, I am just realizing I totally skipped over the cold open of this movie. Um, I realized it a few minutes ago, but I didn't want to break your flow. Shit, all right, uh, quickly, the cold open of this movie. Uh, hold on, no, no, 
keep it for now. Now we can already like we can introduce it later now. All right. Anyway, so they continue on. They get to they get to the RV park, which is next to a small town, which also has a carnival going on. And in the small town, they walk by an antique store. And in the window of the antique store, which hasn't opened for the morning yet, Woody sees the lights of a lamp that he seems to recognize. Not Genie's lamp. Oh. oh no, that's a different Disney summer release. Dini, ding, ding, ding. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> uh, um, uh, a movie that may have an actor from next week's episode. Oh wow, you did it. <laughs> um, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> anyway, so uh, uh, Woody looks in the window and he sees a lamp. Flashback to the cold open of this movie. Seamless. Way to set up the story, John. A flashback <laughs> to the cold open of this movie, which is a flashback to something before the third Toy Story. And those of you who are real Toy Story fanatics, real Toy Storians, Toy Storians <laughs> will remember that there was an offhand comment in the third movie that Bo Peep, the uh, lamp that was romantically attached to Woody in the first two movies, is now gone. We- well, not the lamp, but the story toy well, under the lamp. the toy connected. The porcelain uh, shepherd that it's attached if to. If you're going to fix my grammar when I talk about my mom's <laughs> friend, child. She's literally <laughs> a part of the lamp. Um, but you're right. Uh, Bo Peep is a porcelain uh, figure uh, figurine of Bo Peep who has three sheep, Aww, also made of so porcelain, uh, porcelain that are attached to the lamp. And and we get a flashback finally explaining why she was gone in the third movie. And it's because uh, she had been given to Andy's sister after Andy had grown up because she was really a nightlight. And uh, Well, is that true? I thought she was never Andy's toy. She was always the toy of the sister. But no, she was in the first movie. and Right. The, he had was a the sister. sister in the first movie? Yeah. Yeah, the sister. Oh, I miss the end of the first movie is when they get the puppy. I thought it was when the baby was born. No, I'm thinking. I guess I'm thinking of like uh, the Lego Movie or something. <laughs> um, yeah, no, she was always, and I think they mentioned in this movie too mm-hmm. that she was never Andy's toy. She was always right. Insert Andy's sister Molly, name here. Molly. Molly's toy. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think Maggie, Molly, something like that. Mindy, probably not. She's a chick. Um, Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know. Um, anyway, so, uh, and she had been, um, and Molly had grown up and not needed a nightlight anymore. So she had been sold and it was a very sad moment. And she offered, she asked Woody to come with her to give up being Andy's toy and said they could live together. And Woody chose his duty to be with Andy instead. And he stayed and lost the love of his little toy life. Wow. Wow. Brutal. Wow. Come back to now. (laughs) (laughs) So that is why when seeing the lights, Woody is suddenly, for the first time ever, deviating from his mission to get back to Bonnie. And he persuades Forky to go with him into the antique store, which they walk around for a bit and witness some spooky ventriloquist dummies. Oh, they're so creepy. I (laughs) love that creation. Whoever came up with that, it was really, really good. Yeah, they see, uh, well, they first hear some dulcet 1920s sounds. And 
Yeah, not just uh, 1920 sounds. Um, uh, the music from the end of The Shining. Yes, from The Shining. Exactly. Oh, damn. I was like, when I was watching it, I was like, is this from The Shining? Yeah. One yeah. of the, it's a, a Midnight with the Stars and You. I forget who that's by. But yeah, the song that's from the, the end of The Shining. Yeah, that's when you see the uh, photo of all yep. the caretakers of the Overlook. So, yeah. For some reason, there have been a number of references to The Shining in yes. the Toy Story series. In this one, too. Like, I What think, were the other ones? Oh, because I know they had they had the overlook um, uh, uh, carpet pattern in one of the movies, and so apparently, like the town kind of looks like the sort of like the scenery like leading up to the overlook. <laughs> uh, there's I think there's like two thirty seven uh, like uh, references somewhere. What I remember reading like a bunch. Thing. Yeah, it seems very odd, but yeah, there there are like a few of those. Um, so yeah, anyway. So yeah, and then we hear and then we see uh a stroller being uh carried or not carried, but wheeled around by the creepiest dummies. Mm-hmm. And in the stroller is a new character named Gabby Gabby, a creepily friendly talking doll. And she uh welcomes, she tells uh Forky and Woody that, that she'll help them find Bo Peep. But she seems weirdly interested in Woody's talk uh, voice box. Because if you remember, Woody is a talking doll. You pull the string and he says, it's a snake in my boots, so on and so forth. Um, uh, <laughs> we've a absol- snake in my boots. Um, and uh, it turns out she's from around the same time in the 50s, but her voice box is broken. And she'd really like Woody's, but Woody's is sewn in. And she would have to rip him open. And wouldn't that be awful? And Woody and Forky get very scared and run away. Unfortunately, Forky is captured by the ventriloquist dummies. But Woody is saved. Or he escapes? Woody escapes. Yes, he escapes outside? Is that what? Yeah, so he basically gets picked up uh, uh, by Harmony, Harmony, which is the daughter of the owner or the granddaughter of the owner of the antique shop and she takes him with her into a playground Mm -hmm. and in the playground he finds lost of quote unquote lost toys who are now playing with all sorts of kids because they just stay in the playground and they play with any toy who comes it's Mm -hmm. almost identical to the daycare center in Toy Story 3 but for some reason it's good in this version (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, but they're all happy including one Bo Peep, who's like a badass. Uh, can I can I have a can I describe her for a second? Go for it. So she is basically Furiosa from Mad Max Fury Road. She doesn't have an arm. She rides like a weird ass like post apocalyptic vehicle. Mm-hmm. She's a fucking badass. She is Furiosa from Mad Max Fury Road. But she's also de- uh, dressed like a retired grandmother. Um, because well, that is the only change. metaphor of this movie. It's so obvious. Uh. <laughs> um, but <laughs> anyway, so they have a nice, uh, a very cute um, a meeting where a child picks them both up and has them like kiss, but they can't like react because they're in toy mode. Very fun. Anyway, Bo Peep reveals that she, after being sold, was taken in by another toy, but then got lost. And now Kid. she's... Another kid, sorry. And now she's a lost toy who goes around helping other toys find fun, and she just travels the world. But also drives an oil rig to Bullet Town. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. 
and she is uh, and she is not not property. We are not things. We are toys. Ah, uh, uh, that movie is so good. Anyway, uh, anyway, um, so uh, she agrees to help. Uh, she and some other toys agree to help Woody get back to Forky. Um, uh, and save him from Gabby Gabby, who she warns is a weirdo. Uh, meanwhile, back in the toy in the antique shop, Gabby Gabby is uh, telling Forky all about her dreams of living with Harmony, the little girl. But her belief is that without a voice box, no child will ever play with her. She both seems creepy but oddly sympathetic. Is she a villain? Is she a hero? Who knows? Uh, Pixar movies haven't had real villains in years, so probably not a villain. They had Lotso. I feel like Lotso. Yeah. That was so many years ago. I guess you're right. In the previous Toy and Story, Coco they did a have villain. a villain. Well, they haven't had like a villain from the movie. All children's movies now do the thing where they have a, a somewhat, sympathetic villain, a, or like a character who seems like a good guy, an authority, uh, like authority figure who becomes evil at the end. It's the villain from Monsters Inc. Uh, I think James Coburn voiced him, the crab guy who runs Monsters, the oh, company. Oh yeah. Like basically every. Wasn't it James Woods? No, no, no. Who's? He's uh, Hades, and her, I think it was James Coburn. Oh, okay. No, you might be right. I've only seen Monsters Inc. once. It's great. It's a long time. Um, but yeah, no, no children's movies now have just clear villains for I, some reason. I don't know. You, there are a lot of think pieces. People are complicated. Well, there, yeah. there are a lot of think pieces about this, and it's like you, you. Aside from, of course, the uh, live action remakes of Disney movies, although even then they try to give more nuance to the. Oh, no, did Scar have scars? <laughs> <laughs> oh, get ready for live action. I'm sure live action fucking Lion King where we find out that Scar was abused as a child or some shit. <laughs> is, uh, is Jeremy Irons still doing Scar? No, no. The only one they brought back is um, James, uh, James Earl Jones. Jones. I oh, mean, did they bring back Felicia Rashad? I don't even know. No, I, I will check this out, dear listener. Ugh, we're we almost definitely know. gonna have to talk about that movie in a few weeks, so let's just move on. Seth Rogen has a role. Seth Rogen is Pumbaa. Billy oh. Eichner is uh, Timon. Who's, Zendaya is Michi. Who's Kamari? Kamari, that's a character. That's a character that Keegan Michael Key is doing it. Hey, he's in this movie. He is. He's a uh, character. In- Chiwetel GF4 is Scott continuing his Marvel or Disney (laughs) (laughs) run. He's actually playing Captain Marvel. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so, uh, uh, so they help, they go back, um, uh, they try to rescue Forky, but it's hard. Um, they need the help. They meet a character named Boom Kaboom, who's a uh, daredevil Duke toy. Kaboom. Oh, sorry, Duke Kaboom, who's a, a French-Canadian uh, daredevil co- toy. Very funny. He himself is a lost toy because he was thrown away by his owner because he wasn't as good as the commercial. That commercial is so great because it's you can funny. see the wires in it. It's so cute. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a very great bit. Duke Kaboom's a Fun character, and also like his owner's name is Rashar. Oh, is it what's his name? I, I Renault. So I he Renault. pronounced it kind of Rashan, but I think it's probably Richard pronounced like in a very French way. So it's like Rashar. It's some French Canadian name. Yeah. It's July third. Tomorrow's July fourth. Fuck Canada. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Canada Day was just now. Oh no. Um. Anyway, so they get a bunch of toys to help them rescuing uh, rescue Forky. Meanwhile. Oh. 
Meanwhile, back yes. with our old main characters, they're trying to figure out what to do to help Woody. And so Buzz heads out, and he meets a couple of carnival uh, carnival toys played by... Um, oh, we're not doing voices yet. Um, okay. Well, these characters, I guess we can talk about the, the bigger characters. I mean, they're the valets from Key and Peele, yes. voiced by Key and Peele. It's Key and Peele, Duke Kaboom with Keanu Reeves. We can talk about the bigger characters. Yeah. Uh, Bo Peep still, Annie Potts. Um, there it goes, Busters. Um, anyway, so uh, all the toys are helping out. Well, so I think this is kind of a cute Buzz thing. I feel like Buzz doesn't really have that much to do in this movie, but... Buzz hasn't had anything to do in a very long time. Right. That's Poor a, Buzz. That's a, it's a little sad that they really never, after the first movie, yeah. came up with much to do with it. I was never like... A huge fan of Buzz, but Woody's the better character. Yeah, but it just seems like this is. I mean, I guess we'll get to the end, but I feel like that's kind of like somewhat of the reason why it doesn't work as well as they wanted it to. Yeah. Well, anyway, <clears throat> but uh, so but so before Woody pieces out of the van, he tells Buzz to listen to his inner voice, which Buzz, of course, takes literally. And so throughout the movie, he basically keeps <laughs> pressing on the button on his chest because he also has a voice box. To basically tell him what to do, and he usually interprets it somehow as a directive that kind of works out. Yeah, it's fun. Although yeah. at this point, the Buzz Lightyear toy, as cool as it seemed in 1995, now has about 43 different quotes, yeah. which is pretty great. Maybe he has had a firmware upgrade. Maybe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was a smart toy. He was a, <laughs> he was like a Furby. He was learning English. <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyway... So uh, they return to the antique shop. Uh, they have a big adventure. There's a cat. They try to fight the um, the uh, ventriloquist dummies. Duke Kaboom has a, um, uh, a panic attack, thinking about his old owner and can't make the jump. Oh, can we discuss my favorite thing? The thing that I laughed hardest because it's during that time. Is, is it the is it the Key and Peele thing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's so funny. So when they're trying to, at one point, they're sort of they're hiding in some aisle and they're trying to figure out how can we get a key to open this glass cabinet where Gabby Gabby is uh, sitting and so they need to get it from the elderly store uh, store owner and there is basically <laughs> like the Key and Peele uh, stuffed animals are are trying to envision like increasingly more and more sadistic ways of getting the keys from this elderly lady that basically culminated in them jumping at her face. Yes. <laughs> All of their plans involve them revealing themselves to be alive and brutally attacking this older woman. And it's so good. It's very fun. And if it's they had gone so that funny. direction, would have been a great way to start the new trilogy <laughs> where the toys and humans war against each other. Why didn't we do that? I blame you, John Lasseter. Oh, man. You know Rashida what? Jones wanted it. <laughs> yeah, that was Rashida Jones's <laughs> big claim. Um, anyway, so the toys help out. Uh, they they uh, save Forky, but then Gabby, Gabby, catch up. But then she seems weirdly sympathetic. And she tells Woody, you know, you had so much fun being children's toys. And it was wonderful. And I've never gotten to have that opportunity. Don't you think you've had enough and it's your turn to step aside? Um Sorry, I dropped a thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, the toys are alive. Um, uh, we are in a children's... 
Ben's bedroom. If the audio quality sounds different, um, we are recording this in a children's bedroom for the for not just for thematic reasons. Yeah. This is where the equipment was. Oh no, the Rubik's Cube is after you, John. Why wasn't there ever a Rubik's Cube character? I am oh, man. That could have been fun. It could be like a jaded Hungarian. Mm. Like that could have been like a Roman Polanski type. I know he's Polish, but like something like that. I think yeah. that could have so been Rubik's, fun. The Rubik's cube is is that's why he wasn't there. That's why he wasn't in the <laughs> yeah. movie. He, he can't come back the to the <laughs> The Rubik's cube toy <laughs> is is hiding from prosecution <laughs> for drugging and sodomizing a seventeen year old. Um, Not a seventeen year old. Oh, I mean, how old was she? I think she was twelve. Fuck, really? Yeah. At the very least, like, at most 14. But it was that age. I mean, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, either she way, was not 17. Either way, he, in. like, drugged her. But, yeah, she was also, like, obscenely underage. At Jack Nicholson's house. Hollywood was fun. Ba, Any- ba, da, ba, da, ba. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, uh, uh, <laughs> Um, Anyway, uh, so Woody actually makes the decision to let her have his voice box. Which is so heartbreaking. Yeah. Like when he does it. He goes into surgery and he lets her have his voice box. That was heartbreaking. She can live, so she can play with the toy. And then, even more brutally, Harmony, the little girl, doesn't fucking like her because she's a boring old doll. Yeah, well, yeah, she kind of chucks her away. Mm-hmm. It was so sad because I had dolls. So most of the dolls I had growing up were my mom's dolls. Mm. And so those were the dolls that I had. They were really like shitty of you to take your mom's toys. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> she you really witch. begrushed me. You're a real Bonnie. <laughs> I was a real Bonnie to my mom. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so when that happens, I was that was very sad to me. I don't know. It was just. Fuck that harmony kid. She's the new Bonnie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, but then Woody, despite the fact that the time's running out, uh, Bonnie's mom and dad are ready to leave. The other toys are desperately trying to get them to not leave. He's still like, you know what, Bo, we got to help. We got to help this this Gabby Gabby um, get a a human. So they travel and that happens. Well, yeah, so they want her to come with them to Mm -hmm. Bonnie because they're like, hey, Bonnie would like you. Fuck Bonnie. She would not like you. She would only play with Jesse. Use her and abuse her. Bonnie is an abuser. Bonnie is the devil. So as they run, so there's a super funny, like, series of gags of the animals inside the camper van trying Mm -hmm. to sabotage it. The toys. Uh, Yeah, the toys. Did I say animals? Yeah. They're mostly animals. But yeah, especially with Jeff Garland trying to send the dad to prison. <laughs> yeah, and it seemed that like weird me made me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a fun it was a funny gag, I thought, but it was, it was also kind of It was funny odd. until they, like, take control of his RV and make <laughs> him drive into a carnival. And then I'm like, oh, no, humans are going to be very scared, and this dad's will be shot. Yeah, and I think, like, at one point, they get pulled over, and he's like, maybe dad is going to prison. Yeah, I'm like, dad's going to get fucking <laughs> plugged in the head. Um, but, yeah, so... Um, I think, uh, yeah, even like, I think this is the first time this happens. Buzz actually talks, you know, as himself. 
so the yes. so the humans can a few hear times him. it happens because um uh well they the humans the toys talk to Sid remember in the first movie oh that's true yeah because yeah. Uh, yeah cause Woody uses his like voice box to thus talk to Sid. sending Sid on a life of therapy <laughs> uh, uh Sid's dead everyone um, I know we saw him as a pizza guy in Toy Story two he's dead now. He's dead. He's now. definitely dead. Um, he killed himself. No one believed him about the toys. He's fucking dead. That's why you didn't see him after Toy Story 2. Oh, anyway, <laughs> these movies are dark. They're dark. Except your mortality, Toy Story 3. <laughs> um, so, uh, so then they finally are all going to leave. They get the RV there. Duke Kaboom succeeds in doing a big jump. Yay. It's very exciting. And they're all going to leave. And then Woody has to say goodbye to Bo. And it's just like the time you said goodbye to her in the past. But this time, he makes a different choice. He's learned that he can live a life without being a, a toy. That that part of his life is over. And another part of his life, while scary and a little sad, might still be wonderful if he embraces it. And if you're thinking, hey, there's really only one obvious metaphor for this. Tell this to every critic online. <laughs> um, but anyway... While most of the toys return to Bonnie, Woody starts a new final stage of his life <laughs> with his old love celebrating hobbies instead of his career. There's oh only one fucking metaphor. <laughs> um, oh, you mean that he is actually trans, right? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was that scene was really well done. I, I mean, in case the uh, our audience was interested, I did cry in this. Okay, and that was the scene. Uh, Most people just listen to this to hear about you crying. Yeah, Not in a good way. Know. Everyone doesn't like you. Oh, they want to know that you felt bad. Oh, John, <laughs> that's such a mean thing to That's say. The, the two, I am gonna cry. Two thirds of our hosts, the film's funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like when Buzz tells uh, Woody, you know, she's gonna be okay. Or like, right? Mm. And then uh, she's gonna be okay without you. And then he's like, yeah, Bonnie's gonna be okay without you. And I was like, ah! <laughs> yeah, and he's like, and he's like, you mean Bonnie? He's like, no. Bonnie. And so Woody stays with uh, Bo Peep. The other toys return to Bonnie. We get some credit scenes of Woody starting a new life, helping other toys find uh, humans to love them. Um, and Aww. thus... Oh, and Forky meets uh, uh, oh, Knifey. Knifey, uh, a female fork maintaining the heteronormity. <laughs> Although we do, we do see a same-sex uh, couple very prominently displayed as one of the parents in the kindergarten. I do remember that. Oh, really? That's yeah. nice. Um, and I don't know. I feel like uh, uh, the Kim Peel characters were uh, coded as a couple a few times. I mean, to be honest, I never really read any sort of sexual things into well, the I'm Toy Story I'm typically universe. masturbating while I watch. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's a fun fact about John. Um, <laughs> yeah, everyone tunes in. the whole time. <laughs> yeah, everyone is tuning in to hear when I cried and when you ejaculated. <laughs> Uh, one hour, 23 minutes. <laughs> oh, man. This is, there's, uh, what was it, Mr. Skin? And you have Mr. <laughs> Cream. <laughs> oh, gross. It's gross. Ba, ba, da, ba, da, ba. Toy Story 4. <laughs> Your thing was gross. My thing was fine. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what you always say about your thing. <laughs> but um, it's gross to others. But, uh, but, yeah, okay. So that was the plot of Toy Story 4. 
assuredly the end of the Toy Story saga until they announce Toy Story 5 in eight years and we all go, how could they continue it? And then they make a movie and we all go, all right, yeah, that was pretty good, but they could never continue it after this one. <laughs> um, True. Let's start. Let's just start with the grade and then we can get into it. Okay. Um, uh, okay, you know what? Let's do a grade of the series up until this point. Okay. Toy Story 1. A. A, yeah. Mm-hmm. Toy Story 2. A plus. A. No. Uh, uh, can we do a plus? I haven't watched them recently. I'd say they're all in the A range. I haven't watched them. Re- I thought I could do a thing where I remembered which one I like more, but it turns out I can't. Um, I I like them all. They're all in the A range. Yeah, I think they're A. I think the last two are A pluses for me, and the first one is probably an A. Okay. Yeah. Toy Story 4. You ready? All right. Three, Three, two, two one, A minus. Mm. Oh, I had a lower grade. Wow, okay. Wait, am I usually more negative? I think, well, it depends. I feel like I expected you to more be more <clears throat> negative. Well, I here, guess. Okay, here's the thing. So I feel like the old uh, 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 joke of Pixar movies aggressively trying to make you cry, that's a true thing, so true that it's now a hacky joke to do. Like, as, <laughs> as a professional sketch comedy teacher who reads a lot of sketches by students, the old uh, Pixar trying to make you cry sketch I've read many times. Mm. Um, this movie is interesting because despite it appearing to be the end of the Toy Story saga, they seem to make an active choice not to make it as emotional as it could be. There mm-hmm. were so many scenes throughout this movie that they could have gone for the fucking jugular and they just didn't, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was an interesting choice. It makes the movie feel a little slighter, but I do honestly think if they had gone for those big emotional beats, it might have been like, guys, we get it. You've done it too right. many times. Yeah, it definitely. So that's the thing. Like, this movie feels so unnecessary. I mm-hmm. think like when, so I saw this before you did and when we were texting about it and I said it is like a very good unnecessary movie. And mm. I really stand by that. I think like, the, like, the trilogy is done. Like, I think, like, the Andy story is done and that sort of... And I think they are trying to spin this or, like, okay, well, this is the end of, like, the Woody story, which is, I guess, different. But, yeah, it does feel more of just, like, oh, this is another adventure. And I feel like if they were in the mode of just making, like, Toy Story adventure movies, which I would, I guess, would be down for, I would be okay with yeah but yeah it did feel like slighter than the others and it also felt as like a weird coda to like after a coda that was so good yeah that yeah it just felt like it felt almost like too slight and not slight enough at the mm-hmm. same time i don't know that's like a weird thing at the same time yes i agree it, it's fun so um two weeks ago we did men in black international so i feel like we have now seen um <laughs> the best case scenario and worst case scenario for making an un a completely unnecessary movie mm-hmm. worst case scenario you get a men in black international right best case scenario you get a toy story four and I mean, that be like, yeah, the story was done. It was 100% done. Yeah. But at the same time, I do like 
where this where Woody ends in this one more. But mm-hmm. also, I mean, like nearly every other character aside from Woody is irrelevant in this movie. I, I barely mentioned I mean, Buzz. Other than Bo, I guess. Jesse gets five lines, I guess. Like yeah. they are. And, you know, some of that is because the voice actors like uh, are no longer with us. They used recycled audio from uh, Don Rickles for right. Mr. Yeah. Uh, Potato Head. Aww. But like, yeah, Rex has like three lines. It's. Yeah, like, uh, Timothy Dalton has, like, one line. Timothy Dalton really does have two lines. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I want to go through, before we really get it, I want to go through the voice actors in this movie. And I... And I purposely gave as much, like, relevance to some of these characters. Um, You know, uh, Rex is back. Uh, I mentioned him as much as the movie cares about him. Oh, I love Rex. But all right. You know, the the old woman we said that owned uh, uh, the antique store, we mentioned her once because she's not relevant at all. Um, Oscar nominee, June Squid. Yay. (laughs) Combat Carl. That's one of uh, uh, Bo Peep's friends, one of the lost toys. I barely mentioned him because he has one scene. That's Carl. Weathers. Oh, John, did you not stay for the after credits? Is no. in the after credits. Because, like, he plays all that. Like, that's actually kind of a funny thing. Because, like, wait, I didn't stay for the after credits. So, like, at the. So, they have a bit with the Carl. So, there are three Carls, and two of them keep high fiving each other, and the last guy is always left hanging. And so, like, at the end, uh, instead of uh, Luxo, the 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 what the lamp that jumps over the Pixar logo, we have uh, uh, what's his face, evil, the evil can evil character, uh, Duke Kaboom. Duke Kaboom makes the jump, and then he, when he does it successfully, he high fives the one that's always left hanging at the end. Oh, it's very that's cute. cute. Yeah, I didn't. But see yeah, that. it is Carl Weathers. Um, <laughs> we get some of the characters who voiced like toys of. Um, uh, toys of um, Toys of Bonnie that mm-hmm. had bigger roles in the third movie and the TV specials that are back for like one line like mm-hmm. Jeff Garland and um, Kristen Shaw Kristen Shaw she, has, she has a couple they give Kristen yeah. Shaw uh, and Jeff Garland more to do Timothy Dalton gets nothing um, <laughs> I bet they just called Timothy Dalton and were like, hey, do you want to record this line from England so we don't fly you in? Um, I'm just looking for this. Steve Purcell, the creator of Sam and Max, one of my favorite uh, computer games of all time, uh, who was the co-director of Brave, which is why he's connected to Pixar. Uh, he voiced some character called the Bensons. I don't know what that was. Whatever. Oh, the Bensons are the dummies. The dummies are the Bensons. Really? Yeah. What? All right. Super Cell voice <laughs> the Bensons. Uh, they brought Laurie Metcalf back as Andy's mom to deliver yeah. one line in the beginning. Um, the, at the beginning, we said uh, Woody was in the closet with a bunch of old toys. That was Mel Brooks as Melephant Brooks. Uh, those, Carol all those Burnett names are as gold. Cheryl Burnett. Betty White as Bitey White. Carl Reiner as Carl Rhinoceros. Um, uh, Harmony, you remember that character, Harmony? She has a mother, voiced by Patricia Arquette, an Oscar winner? Oscar, Oscar winner for Oscar boyhood, winner. represent. Um, remember we said that there were some uh, uh, carnival toys? Uh, Bill Hader voices the <laughs> carny, who I think just goes, uh, a couple of times. Um, the Duke Boom commercial, which uh, Veronica liked so much, the announcer for that is Flea from the Red <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, and uh, remember we said that uh, uh, Bonnie goes to kindergarten? Her teacher who I think has two lines, was voiced by Melissa Villasenor uh, from the current SNL cast. Yeah, she, she is cared about 
as much as Lauren Michaels cares about her. Actually, I think like, she's underused. She get a lot of roles? I don't want. Sh- I watch it regularly, and she does not get used enough. Mm. I I think she is super. Well, gotta talented. make room for Alec Baldwin. <laughs> I know it, it really and sucks. Robert She's, De Niro. She is so good. It's funny to think like um, Robert De Niro, one of the famously worst SNL hosts of all time. It's like, hey, who's gonna get the most lines this season? How about Robert De Niro? Yeah, yeah. Can it be the guy who doesn't know when a punchline happens <laughs> and can't read? <laughs> um. Anyway, but yeah, no. So clearly they got a ton of people. But I yes. I, this is not a necessary Toy Story movie at all. But it was However, really good. However, it is really good. And I think, to go back to this very odd, obvious metaphor, it is clearly, very clearly a, uh, a retirement metaphor. Mm-hmm. It is about retiring from your job. Woody is clinging to his career and refuses to accept that that time has passed. He is training his replacement. You could also see it as a, a grandparent with em- uh, an empty nester thing where the grandparent um, being kind of helicopter grandparent to like their kids kids because they don't have kids anymore. But like, yeah, this is very clearly... Um, an older generation learning to let go movie. That's mm-hmm. why we get all these old actors in one scene as just a kind of like, hey, all these comedians in their 90s who won't be with us long, they're pretty great. Huh? Hey, no, Carl Reiner will be with us forever. Shut up. <laughs> I, I've got some bad news for you. Statistically, no. at least some of those five people won't be around for 2020. Oh, man, no. Accept it, Fuck sorry. You, John. Fuck you. I... I would be willing to bet a small amount of money. When are we posting this episode? Oh no! <laughs> Tomorrow, Fourth um, okay. of July. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bet on the mortality no. of Betty White. Don't <laughs> you dare! No. Yeah, I am. Um, I mean, I didn't. To be honest, I didn't really try reading much into it. But yeah, definitely, like for the extent that I did, I thought that it was about sort of like the struggle that you have for moving on from like the familiar mm-hmm. thing that you know onto like this new thing that like we as an audience know is the right move but mm-hmm. like you for yourself are sort of doubting yourself because of like the unknowns involved yeah and like it's about like woody making that leap into that metaphorical box like that they introduce in the beginning that he like stands at the ledge of and like doesn't like do it and then he stands in another ledge and does and like that's like i mean pixar's storytelling is so beautifully like clear and simple that i love it so much like i think i don't know i just i have such reverence towards like whatever story machine like like finesses their stories and turns them out Mm because they're so very i mean for the most part, they're by the numbers, but in such a way that makes such like clear and perfect sense and doesn't feel like that at all. Yeah, the, con- the cons of the Pixar storytelling method is that if you have seen enough Pixar movies and know anything about like storytelling on even the lowest level, you can probably have a pretty good guess of how a story is going to end. Right, yeah. Um, like if you're halfway through Coco and haven't guessed and have seen all the Pixar movies and haven't guessed that the I've movie... not seen Coco. Don't spoil Coco for me. If you have Use another example. I watched literally any spoiling, other movies. If you haven't guessed that like that movie's going to end with 
a character <laughs> singing a certain song to a certain other character at a certain other place. All right, songs are going to be sung. <laughs> Thank you, John. Then you, then you know, you can just see all. If you watch enough Pixar movies, you can see the ways that they are play, laying the pipe, um, laying the pipe, and then by I'm that I mean getting laid. Is it uh, laying the pipe pooping? Uh, I, 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 laying the groundwork is what I meant to say. <laughs> laying the pipe is, I think, a sex metaphor. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. So not pooping. Coco, the sexiest <laughs> movie. But yeah, I think I agree with you. I feel like. Well, uh, just, oh, but the, the pro, the, that's the con. The pro is that even though you can kind of guess where it's going, when the endings hit, they are so well set up and are so satisfying that, yeah, people, the adults sob in their seats. Right, exactly. Yeah. I think you are very right. And I mean, even though I gave this movie a B plus, I do still think that I think it might be my favorite Pixar movie since the previous Toy mm. Story movie. Like Well I, you haven't Coco is very good. Yeah, I hear Coco is really good, but I haven't seen it. But about, otherwise I did not really like wait. Inside Out as much as other people did. I though liked I, Inside Out a lot. Though I did cry in it <laughs> either way. Uh, what was that? I feel like, I, you know what? I, I, t I take some of that back. Inside Out, I, I was a little surprised by some of the directions Inside Out went in. I just, I... The, I, the, the mixing emotions um, ending, um, I think... I think I remember surprised me. Mm -hmm. So I'm not as much of a, a know-it-all as I, I may have just sounded. Yeah, I mean, I... I like Inside I re I mean, I did cry at Inside Out when uh, Bong Bong died. Bong Bong? Bing Bong, Bing you bong? monster. See, I only saw it once. Disgrace to his memory. Well, Richard Kind is so good. Uh, and I thought they're like, uh, I think that was their credits mm. when they were doing the the sort of the emotions of all like the different animals and characters and stuff. That was really oh, good. Oh, that was great. Well, they, I mean, like this, I, I think all in all, I would say Toy, Sto Toy Story 4 is a entirely unnecessary Toy Story movie. Right. But that it's being still said, very good. it's a very good Woody movie. Mm -hmm. And it's a, a very good story. It's a very good story about retirement. As someone, um, as long-time listeners will know, I'm 83 years old. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I thought it was great. And then like, yeah, compared to recent Pixar movies, uh, was was Moana Pixar? No. Or is that, that is Disney Animation? Yeah. Um, would I put this? Oh, I mean, Co Coco just seemed fresher, even though it 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 was so beholden to the Pixar um, structure story structure. Uh, so we have Coco, the Good Dinosaur, Brave. No, I yeah, I definitely didn't see the Good Dinosaur. Inside Brave, co-directed by Steve Purcell. Mm -hmm. Everyone plays Sam and Max. It's still fun. Uh, um, oh, Monster University. I didn't see that. I, I saw didn't that. see Finding Dory. Fine. Oh, Finding Dory I also saw. It was fine. I mean, it was not... None of them were as good as Toy Story 4, I would argue. Like, out of the things that I saw. Do you agree with me that you that it felt like this movie wasn't going for the emo... Like, they could have worked the emotions harder. And they, it yes. felt like they were actively trying not to. I think... I mean, I don't know about actively trying anything. But, like, yes. I agree with you. I think there was only really one... Maybe like two tearjerker scenes, like the Woody's uh, like separation mm. and like the Gabby beats, like the the lost child. I mean, there is a so the scene where Gabby finds a child after she's been discarded by uh, yeah. Harmony. 
she finds a child and that is the one scene where I felt like Pixar is used that's a scene where Pixar is using all of their emotional manipulation I and I use that phrase in the, in the most positive way possible like they are just showing they just show you a lost child we don't don't know this child we have no connection <laughs> to it but we just watch a lost child cry for like 30 seconds yeah. and it's like you just have an instinctual reaction of oh no yeah. uh, like that like so Pixar knows how to manipulate your emotions so they could have very easily made like all those scenes of like Woody saying goodbye to the other toys they could have made those scenes fucking brutal right they could have done a similar thing to what toy story 3 did where Mm. andy like describes how you play with all the toys (laughs) like they could have had woody like like go like toy to toy Mm. and like like tell them like a memory like you know like without me i mean he has like a little thing with jesse where he gives her the badge but just imagining like he could have like done that with every animal and toy Sorry, but they're mostly animals. Uh, And uh, but that's where I was. Like I mentioned earlier, I felt like the buzz stuff didn't work as much as it could have if we had more sort of buzz and woody friendship. Yeah. At the very least in this movie. This movie's not about any of them. I so uh, talking about guessing the ending midway through, I, I, I turned to Chris and I said, oh, this is so. This is going to end with Woody and all the toys deciding to live. All the old like main characters deciding oh, really? to stay with Bo, and all these new characters we've met are going to replace them as Bonnie's toys. Not to toot my own horn, but I guessed it to the T that well, Woody I, is going to leave. Well, I, I mean, I, I certainly <laughs> like it was very clear that Woody's going to leave. He makes one decision at the beginning. We know he's going to make yeah. the other decision at the end. But I thought. All, I thought they were going to keep the original gang together, um, but mm. I, you know, I and a fool, fool, foolish me, um, not a know it all at all. Um, I guess I should have recognized that the movie did not care about anyone other than Woody. <laughs> um, I uh, think the movie cares, but no, I, I think it. This is Woody's story. There's, yeah, but it also very, like, like Jesse has the smallest. Does she even? Would you even call it a subplot? She's just with the other toys. Yeah, she's just with the other. I think she tries. I think she maybe contributes to one of their like sabotage attempts. And I guess she is. She punctures the tire. Of yeah. The so, yeah, I don't think she has much. I mean, her is mostly like a symbolic thing of like being the Woody replacement mm. in the mind yes. of Bonnie. But this is very much, this is Woody's story. Right. Full stop, period, the end. Which I mean, for the like for the most part, mo I mean all Toy Story movies have been like Woody stories, but yeah. like the characters haven't been as sidelined. I would mm. argue, but maybe I mean I guess because again we're introduced to a new because in the first one Buzz was the new toy, right? Then second one Jessie was the new toy, so there was more of her, and I guess in the third one there was a lot more of Lotso, uh, right? And the whole preschool gang, right? But like this one, we kept meaning new toys, and yeah. I and it, they were so deliberately spending time to introduce these new characters that I my thinking was that oh we're introducing them so that they can be the symbolic passing of the torch and those can be left mm-hmm. with Bonnie and it can be that kind of like the way and they kind of faint that way of saying like Gabby Gabby you're gonna go live with Bonnie now but instead it's just like oh no Woody's fucking. 
And I and honestly, and I even I'm the one who's like, oh, this is a fucking retirement metaphor. So it would have been foolish to be like, yeah, because <laughs> like I, it's very few industries where you choose to retire with your friends. That's true. But it also is in a weird way. It kind of starts off as the first toy story of like, what are you leaving the comforts of like the place that he knows in order to save another toy and bring them back like that's sort of the plot of the first one and that's what mm. he does with forky but like this one kind of oh wow oh, sorry no go ahead no no i interrupt no i was just saying that it's sort of i feel like this is almost like two movies because mm. like forky is sort of an afterthought i would say after the halfway mark i mean yeah they still have to rescue forky but forky's personality is sort of fixed Mm-hmm. And like I feel like they kind of solve Forky at the halfway point, and then he's just like sort of a MacGuffin for them to rescue. Right. You know? Well, if you if you go with the generational message, Forky's very like the retirement or the parental grandparent thing. Uh, Forky's very important. He is Woody's replacement, and he doesn't appreciate how good he has it. And like someone retiring and as an older person retiring from a career and offering to help train the person they see as taking their place you're going to be like this this person doesn't even get how good they have it why don't they appreciate this thing that's so important to me and so it makes sense to have Mm -hmm. this character who's like who's like i don't give a shit and it's also funny to think that like the it makes sense for the end of woody's story you have uh, the first story, the first movie is Woody is terrified of being replaced. Mm-hmm. That is his number one fear. By the time this fourth movie comes in, Woody has, for all intents and purposes, accepted being replaced. Right. But he is now obsessed with um, training his replacement as some kind of desperate desperate clasp to relevance which you can see is just like someone who refuses to accept that their time has passed right i think he is still he still wants to remain in control of the thing Mm. that replaces him that's why he's like kind of clinging on to forky in a weird way i think because he's like, okay, this is like someone I already know, and this is like I'm okay with this, so I'm just gonna like be in control of like accepting that this is gonna be my replacement and be sort of the bigger man and you know usher them in as opposed to like you know, yeah, you know, also, Woody has grown. Yeah, there's also like the first movie because they're toys; they're in many ways immortal. <laughs> But, like, I feel like in the later movies, they really, uh, maybe even since the second one, I don't remember, they really pulled into the idea that they're, like, parental analogies, that they are, like, the parents, Andy is, like, their son, he's growing up, and that is their big fear. And so the idea of getting older has become more and more the, the idea. And I really think there was, like, some of the supporting toys in this movie talked about talked about their lives in a way that like seemed to acknowledge a mortality mm-hmm. in a way that toys never would like like the way Bo Peep talks about like yeah I had my chance with toys what a, with with a kid mm-hmm. like I had that it's done who cares I'm, yeah. I'm moving on yeah but I guess it I mean they were created at some point so mm. I feel like they do have some sort of like a adulting arc right and I mean, Woody was made in the 50s, right? So he's sort of like a baby boomer toy. 
Yeah. Which also brings into question, like, why is Andy the first time he was separated from a kid? They've kind it can of be. they've kind of ignored that. Also, with like the metaphor, it seems a, they have two scenes where Woody, uh, uh, Woody, an older man, in the in the very design of an archetypical older white man. You know, if you want to go this direction, they have two scenes where he passes the torch to a younger female character, or one where he willingly does it. Another one where a character designed to look like a younger woman, Gabby Gabby, looks like a young girl. She's voiced by Christina Hendricks, who's much younger than Tom Hanks. Um, where she uh, uh, she says, "You had your chance." It's only, we never got ours. It's only fair. Um, mm. So it is kind of, it, there's a kind of weirdness to the idea that Gabby Gabby is, if we're going this direction, is as quote unquote old as Woody. But I think right. that's, that's, it's a fucking metaphor in a fucking family film. This <laughs> is the point where it's like, don't take it literally. They're toys that came alive. Don't take it literally. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, I think overall, I I just I'm glad I saw it and mm. but I'm also like I'm very indifferent to it existing mm-hmm. in a weird way. I think it's very good and I mean to be honest in terms of the movies I've seen this year it's probably in the top 10 of the movies I've seen this year. I've been looking through my list of movies this year fucking sucks. Yeah. It, I don't know if it's doing this podcast that's making it more apparent how much this year sucks. Right. But. Yeah, I just, I mean, even in terms of movies that I've seen outside the pod, I know it's surprising that I watch other movies, but it, yeah, this has been a kind of a grim year. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I just, yeah, it's sort of a weird thing to kind of not care about a movie you actually enjoyed quite a bit. But I mean, I think it's, yeah, it's, things have been so shitty that it's like, yeah, a movie that's good, but I don't know, I liked it more than you. I, I mean, I give it a fucking A minus, but, um, yeah. but yeah. All right. Well, speaking of movies you saw, let, let's, uh, uh, let's t- tie a nice ribbon around Toy All Story right. 4. Let's um, t- what else have you seen? Um, I'm going to start by not talking about a movie because the only other movie I've seen recently is Spider-Man Far From Home. I saw it yesterday right as it came right. out. And I think there's a very uh, good chance we'll have to talk about it on this podcast. So All I'll right. save it till then. Okay. Well, okay. So I might rant for a little bit. And for Uh-oh. that, I apologize. But okay. The non-rant thing is that I saw Tom York's Anima mm. at the IMAX. And it was super fun. It was I'm really good. shocked that you liked that. <laughs> <laughs> that was sarcasm. Uh, Veronica's a very big Tom York fan. I'm a big Radiohead fan. There's a difference. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah. I wasn't meaning to imply that you hate the other members of Radiohead. Yes. Yeah. No, but uh, I'm also a big Paul Thomas Anderson fan, so mm. they're a combination. And I love the IMAX. So this Did was it, a Was bit- it worth seeing it there? It was really good. Would it be worth if one did not? I assume you saw it with your like AMC uh, stuff. No, so. it was free. You could have signed up on. They just released passes. It was free. Well, I fucked up. But yeah. also, you could have gone, and it was the nicest free ticket experience ever. I we just showed up. We were, we got to pick our seat. 
we got physical tickets and we didn't need to wait in line for two hours. Man, I fucked up. Wait, ah, it was, oh well. It was pretty good. But yeah, and I thought the music worked really well with the songs. It was kind of his... The music worked with the songs? Oh, sorry. The music worked <laughs> with the visuals. Um, and I kind of wished it was longer. I kind of wished it was his Lemonade where he did the whole album like that. It would have been really cool. And they shot it in Prague and I think London or something, so it also looks pretty cool. Uh, I also saw fucking Audition just today. I went to the... Have you seen Audition? I've, this is the Miyake movie? Yeah. Is that how it's pronounced? Takashi Miyake, I think? Miyake. Or um, yeah. Despite being a horror fan... Um, I have never seen it. I don't think it's People a horror movie. It. Well, it's it's a, and, and also not just a horror fan. I'm a fan of the mid film genre switch yeah. as a concept. And this is if you talk to anyone, this is the go to example of that. But that's and yet the I've thing. I've never seen this. I feel like first of all, talking about it like this ruins the experience for you. Yeah, we spe- uh, this is the reason why I've never seen it. I feel like I won't. I've this experience has been ruined. I mean, I also knew that part, but I also feel like it's a seems like a romantic comedy and then turns into. But a that's song. the thing; it's not really a romantic comedy. And the thing is, is that like that guy doesn't really deserve the thing that ends up happening to him, even though they are. On the one hand, they want it to be that she justifies it as like a feminist thing of like you objectify women, but there's nothing in the movie really to indicate that he objectifies women any worse than. A very normal non-women objectifying dude. Like, he wants to find a wife after losing a wife seven years ago. That's, like, his own thing. But is, is, the idea, is he a movie producer? Is so, that the, or his he's like is a a, movie so he's, like, I think a news producer. And his friend is a movie producer. And uh, he, like, complains to his friend about, like, not having... Like, not being able to find a wife and his friend, like, suggests this outlandish thing. We're going to try to cast for this thing. And, yeah, she's, like, one of the applicants. He very quickly tells her this movie is not going to happen. He kind of, like... I mean, he's not the best. So, really, he just wastes an hour of her time. It's just, like, yeah. So, and... And just like, and so like, is it a movie of like a woman gaining revenge for the male gaze? That's one thing. But is it also just a movie about encountering someone who's actually just a psychopath? And then, but then I feel like the ending like doesn't work for either of those. I don't know. Anyway, I, and it's, yeah, there's some just very you know like torture porny things in it's there. a torture like, yeah and that's also not um yeah 100 my bag horror wise right i i mean i'm glad i saw it very to the excited extent to see midsummer of, this week <laughs> i know i'm uh yeah very i'm glad i saw it to the extent of like i guess that's the thing i can check off my list but mm-hmm. i did not have a good time doing yeah, it. yeah i should see it but yeah no i also I'm a I'm a big horror fan, but I'm also like a big horror fan who watched the original f- Funny Games and kind of did a little fast forwarding. It was kind of like I get the point. Right. I could get this point equally by uh, just listening to a lecture by Anik Heineke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was very disappointed. 
I mean, I wasn't very disappointed because I guess like I kind of knew what it is. It was just like worse than I thought it would be. But right. well, next week watch a, a Serbian film and and you can give us give I, your you know that. what I might John really? I might well probably I won't watch. but you know what I'm gonna make you a deal I'll okay. watch I'll watch a foreign movie of okay. some kind all right I'll report back all right been good. All right. Well, this, I think, brings us to the end of our new yeah. movie segment. I, as you can imagine, a conversation about Toy Story 4 began with uh, wishing death on Ivanka Trump and ended with uh, a decision to watch a Serbian film. Oh, I mean, as all box office. <laughs> oh, oh, to be shoes. clear, I'm talking about the movie titled A Serbian Film. Oh, is that the one? Oh, oh, OK. I don't want to see that. <laughs> I'm getting the title right, right? It's a I, Serbian film. I think I know what you mean, and I know that it's also very torture porny. But I think it's called maybe a Serbian film. It's uh, the one where they fuck a baby, right? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> I remember it is, it is indeed called a Serbian film. I remember there was like back when IMDb had message board things mm. for movies. There was a thread where people were kept like listening. I think that's the first time how I found out about audition existing mm. of like people are just like, I think it was on the Requiem for a Dream <laughs> page. Of uh, like the the hardest to watch movie. Yeah, so like hard, so it was like Clelia Forever, a Serbian <laughs> film. I think audition was on there, probably like uh, Old Boy or something. Old uh, like Cannibal Holocaust. I don't know. I've never seen Old Boy, so I don't know. It's um, it's fine. That's another like audition. I knew the twist, so it was fine. It was I fun, do want to see fun, it. but like yeah. But so I remember just like at the time I was like, oh, subversive. I'll make a list of all those movies, and then I was very quickly after I was like, you don't really like this stuff. What a bunch of old fuddy duddies we are. Yeah. But anyway, so we should, we should head off with Bo Peep and Woody. Yeah, we should. We should retire with them to their lamp and their three headed chief. <laughs> no, we're still young. Well, at the very least, we'll go to college with Andy. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I feel like we are probably like it What's is Andy up to Toy Story 5. Tell me. I want yeah, Toy Story what is 5. The Andy arc? Toy Story 5. Either give me my Planet of the Apes trilogy or Toy Story 5. No toys. It's just a college sex romp with Andy. But then she turns out to be a murderer and kills Andy. <laughs> you know what I want to do? I want to legitimately make like a Revenge of the Nerds remake or like some a movie of that kind, a college sex comedy, and call one of the characters Andy and just <laughs> tell everyone that, oh, yeah, that's Andy from Toy Story. Yeah, this is you... what happens after he leaves Woody. Oh, man. That, I mean... I'm for that. Do you have Oh, this, no. We're not going. All right. Let's not go there. But let's, uh, on our next podcast, let's venture into Wicked Wah. Wicked 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 Wah Wah West. If you hadn't guessed what next week's episode's about yet, uh, yep. You got it. Wicka Wicka Wild Wild West. We're watching Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Cisco, Cisco. <laughs> no, we're watching fucking Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West. <laughs> wild Wild West. Oh, boy. Toot toot. Toot toot. The Wild Wild West. <laughs>